jakethefilmguymicrobudgeter.com. In this video, we're going to be talking about the mistakes you're making when you're cold pitching. First things first, we need to talk about why you're going to be cold pitching. Anytime you try to reach out to anybody to either land a video gig, recruit somebody onto your team, or try to raise funds for some kind of project, and they don't know about what it is you're calling them about, what you're texting them about, that's a cold pitch. You will be doing this all throughout your career. I guarantee, even at the top levels of Hollywood, ideas that start off as just a kernel of an idea, when they are explained to an executive, to a financer, to some big wig decision maker, they start off with a cold pitch. So this is a skill we gotta work on throughout the course of our video production services and filmmaking careers. What can a cold pitch constitute? Phone calls, text messages, Facebook messages, emails, snail mail, anything is fair game. When somebody's not heard about your idea, it is a cold pitch. If they've heard a little bit about it, it might be a warm idea. And if they're really in tune with what it is that you're doing, and maybe they're starting to see the tip of the iceberg, it could start getting warmer, perhaps even be a hot lead. Now, having said that, there are mistakes that you are making and that I'm making when it comes to cold pitching. The first thing is, I wrote them down here so I don't forget. The first thing is you're not identifying the key decision maker. Oh my word, this happens all the time. Now, let me start off with a time where I did this right. It was actually very recently. I went ahead and in order to try to figure out if I could get my team in with our big old clunky camera to a nursing home to capture some ministry moments as our team was going and sharing the love of Jesus with some folks in the nursing home. I went ahead and figured out who is the decision maker so that when I placed that phone call, hey, I'm Jake from such and such, is Bob there? Rather than saying, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of the person who can tell me if this is a good idea or not. If you do that, there's a red flag already because the gatekeeper is going to assume that you're a solicitor and you probably won't get past that gatekeeper. You need to know who your decision maker is. I found out in both instances when we were looking to see if we could go to a nursing home, and I'll spare you the suspense, we couldn't. It's a HIPAA violation to bring in a camera and start recording all the patients there. It doesn't work out that way. Having said that, I went ahead and I figured out who the decision makers were ahead of time so that when I could call, I said, hey, I'm Jake from such and such. Is Bob there? Try it now. Hey, I'm Cindy from such and such. Or you can even leave out the from such and such. Hey, I'm Cindy. Is Jane there? Hey, I'm Uncle Bob. Is Tom there? Try it now. Here's a time where that didn't work out so well. I tried for months and months to prospect an architecture firm back in Las Vegas. I had my creative follow-ups. I varied my follow-ups. And I finally got to the coveted lunch date with the person that I thought was the decision maker. Turns out he was an influencer because two months later, after continual creative and varied follow-ups, I get the dread it, we'll let you know if we're interested. And that was when I showed up with my favorite ace, a loaf of bread saying, I would loaf to do this video with you. I had the wrong decision maker. That was on me. I could have saved myself a lot of time and heartache if I'd done the homework first. Always find out who the real decision maker is, which leads us into the next point, And that is you gotta learn how to get past the gatekeeper. Even if you know who the decision maker is, you gotta figure out who that gatekeeper is. Learn to treat them with respect. Do not treat them as anything less than you would your most favorite people in the world. Mom, dad, brother, sister, baby, wife, husband, whoever that may be, treat that gatekeeper as you would them. Bible says it like this. You are to love your neighbor as yourself. 
or the golden rule also from the good book says to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Remember that when you're talking to the gatekeeper and don't be such a stiff when you call them up. Hey, Susie, when they tell you their name, so good to talk to you. Well, don't say so good to talk to you. Hey, Susie, this is Jake. I'm calling to talk to Bob. Is he available? Hold on, I'll check. All right, thank you so much. I really appreciate you picking up and letting me talk to Bob today. I really appreciate you showing up for work today. Hey, Susie, how's your new year going? You know, you can make chit-chat with him while they're waiting. It's not something that is taboo. Do you want to get cheesy? No, and some of my examples were cheesy, but you just want to be organic in the conversation. Don't be a stiff waiting there with dead silence. You don't have to be so business-like. You can treat them as you would yourself or a loved one. In fact, I encourage you to do that. Here's a time when I didn't do that well. Anytime I prospected a dental clinic in Vegas, oh my word, every time I called, I had the gatekeeper, of course, answer the phone because the head dentist at that little clinic is never going to answer the phone. That's why they have admins. And every time I would call and say, hey, is Dr. Terrell there? This is Jake. Well, hold on, I'll check. And that's it. I left it at just that. And so no wonder I never got through to Dr. Terrell. And even if I did, I didn't earn their business because I didn't treat that gatekeeper with absolute respect. When you leave everything hanging there in the balance and you don't give them a warm welcome, a warm greeting, I promise you they're going to remember that and it won't work out for you. So treat them with respect. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The next thing you do is you need to make sure you're following up. Oh my word, this is such an easy one. Grant Cardone says it this way, that 80% of our sales happen between the fifth and 12th point of contact. In other words, follow-up is the huge indicator of success. For the people that don't follow up, I guarantee you your sales, your closing ratio, they're gonna be down. Whether that's actually trying to earn a gig for your video production business, if that's trying to recruit somebody, if that's trying to raise funds for your short film, if your follow-up game is lacking, you're host. One time that I did do this well is when Again, going back to the earlier example, and this was recent, I went and talked to the gatekeeper, trying to get the decision maker on the phone for the nursing home to see if we could bring in the video equipment. Now, they said they would pass on the message. Don't assume they will. A million things could happen. The kid could have gotten sick that morning and the gatekeeper has only one thing on their mind, the sick kid. Anything could happen. Call again later that afternoon, send an email. I called back the next day and I said, no worries, not a problem. It's my fault for not calling you guys sooner. It's my fault. Always assume responsibility. I got through the decision maker. The gatekeeper had an honest slip of the mind. So do the same. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone a second time. Call back that afternoon. Call back tomorrow. If you have ever sent a resume out into the void, as I have many a times, and never done anything beyond send that resume to a nameless and faceless entity at that enterprise that you want to work at, that's an example, a classic example, unfortunately, of bad follow-up. So up your follow-up game. Last but not least, you want to make sure you have a clear reason why for each conversation. Hey, is Uncle Bob there? This is Jake. Hold on. Let me see if I can get a hold of him. Thank you so much, Susie. Really appreciate it. And you know, if you want a clear example, that's one one. That's a clear one that you can use with the gatekeeper. Thanks so much, Susie. Really appreciate it. Just be real. Be genuine. But once you do get through to that gatekeeper, excuse me, once you get through that gatekeeper and you get to the decision maker, you need to make sure that your reason for calling is very clear. Uncle Bob doesn't have a lot of time. That's why they have a gatekeeper. Uncle Bob, this is Jake. I know I don't have a lot of time. The reason I'm calling today is because, you know what? I would even leave out the first part. Uncle Bob, this is Jake the Film Guy. I'm calling today because, and you spit out the reason. And then you could follow up with something ancillary to that, such as, do you have 30 seconds? Do you have 60 seconds? Uncle Bob, this is Jake the Film Guy. I'm calling to see if I can video on your property. Do you have 30 seconds? 
Yeah, I got 30 seconds, but that's all you got. I get that all the time. Yeah, you got a minute, but that's all I got. If you are clear and direct for the reason why you're calling, you more often than not will get to have that audience with that person. Keep it short, keep it simple, because a lot of decision makers, they are red in the disc profile. They are dominant in the flag test. There are so many of these other personality tests, but they are short on time, short on attention, because there are so many different things vying for it at any given moment in time. So you need to be to the point. Which leads me to a bad example of this. Oh my word. Woo. Okay, so there was a job once in Utah I went to apply for, and I called up. I happened to get the head honcho, the top dog, the decision maker for this video production job. And wow, I totally got tongue tied because I wasn't expecting the decision maker to pick up. Grant Cardone says he'll do this in his office. Sometimes he'll pick up the phone and the person that's trying to solicit their business doesn't even realize it, but they're talking to Grant Cardone. Well, I was talking to the decision maker here. I got tongue tied, uh, tongue tied. I can't even say it correctly. I was a deer in the headlights. Needless to say, I didn't get that job with that team because I completely bumbled my way through that conversation, not even clearly asking for the job. If you do find yourself in that position and you have the decision maker picking up on the first phone call, make sure you know what it is you are trying to call them for. This goes back to the last reason. Know why you're calling, be clear about it, and spit it out. This is something that you have to practice, just like your free throws. If you were working in the NBA, you don't just do one free throw and call it good. No, if you want to be like Michael Jordan or any of the other greats, you want to practice your free throws over and over again. Peyton Manning with the NFL, he would practice with his center slipping, or excuse me, passing wet footballs because they knew that rain was an inevitability, so they were preparing. And it's the same with your sales training. Whether you're trying to land the next video production gig or actually recruit somebody or raise funds for your short film, you got to practice these things daily. So every working day, I encourage you to adopt some sales training. This is the day and age of information. There's no excuse. Find somebody you like learning from and then commit to learning from them and practice these things daily. One time where this did work out for me where I had to have a, had to have a clear why for each phone call, it's really simple. It's nothing beautiful, but there was this team coming out of the Dakotas and I needed to earn their business. And so every time I called them, it was to make sure I was still on their radar, but I didn't just call to say, Hey, am I still on your radar? Hey, are we still doing this video production gig? Because I promise you, you won't go very far, very fast with that approach. But every time I called, because I had either new information to give or new questions to ask them, and I stayed on their radar. And a year later, after getting money in escrow, we finally did a video production gig. Sometimes these sales cycles take a long time. That's on you. That's on me to shorten the sales cycle. But in the meantime, have a clear reason why each time you call. Last but not least, I already mentioned that. Sorry, I lied. You want to make sure that you always ask. Ask at the end of the phone call. Ask at the end of the text message. Ask at the end of the snail mail. Whatever the piece of correspondence is or whatever it is you're using to get a hold of that person, you need to ask. Always make sure you ask for the sale. Ask for them to join the team. Ask for them to commit to putting $50 towards that film. Ask for them to commit to, we have not because we ask not. You'll often see this in the New Testament. A lot of times Jesus talks about asking, believing, and he's talking about spiritually minded, kingdom minded principles, but I still believe that carries over into the physical in many ways. And if we don't ask, how are we supposed to receive? You can't expect the other person at the end of the line to know what's on your head unless you ask. I'm not a big fan, but if you will pardon the example, this man who currently sits in office, the Oval Office, said in one of his books that Jimmy Carter, despite all odds, probably got the presidency because he had the gumption, he had the gall to ask. And he says this because 
years after the presidency, he went into this uh, gentleman's tower and said hey i'm raising funds from my presidential library can you put up five million and this guy was totally aghast totally appalled so the then president was asking the now president for that money and that's when the now president realized oh carter just he's really got guts he doesn't mind asking he's not afraid to ask ask okay I keep saying last but not least, but that's not true. The final thing I want to leave you with is to have some grit. I promise you, you need to have a thick skin to stay in this game with cold pitching especially. You're going to get people saying nasty things. You're going to get door slammed on your face, virtually or physically. You're going to have people tell you no in the worst ways possible. And people just have bad attitudes in general. Realize that not everybody is following Jesus. One. Two, even if they are, people just sometimes have a bad day and you're the person that they're going to lash out on. Anybody that's ever done customer service or sales understands this. People will just go and give you an earful simply because you are there. Sometimes it's that. But really what you need to do is be soaking up the word every day and understanding your identity in the value that God sees that you have and says about you. So soak up the truth of the word and let that trump the experience of the world because the world is always going to try to choke out God's truth. Remember that as you do your video productions and your filmmaking. Keep pursuing the King of Kings in your video productions and filmmaking. I promise you we are all in this together. And as always, I will see you on the next video. Give me another day. What do you already know? Well, it's terminal. I had Hodgkin's lymphoma at 18. Fused treatment. 